my name is The Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Because they came to whose house? You like that? You like that? Where'd you go to college? Syracuse? Syracuse? That's a basketball school. Rain man, good to go. Hey coach, how are you? I'm good, Rain, I'm good. Thanks for doing this today. No problem. I have an English muffin if you got one. What's that? No, go ahead. I'm ready. I'm ready. Aha, aha, aha. This is the Sportzilla Show. Here's Rain and Scooter. Rain and Scooter. Rain and Scooter. So it's National Sticky Bun Day today, Scoop. I don't know if you knew that. It's every day is a day. I think we talked about this a week or so ago. Every day is a day. I didn't know that it was Sticky Bun Day, but I like Sticky Buns. I found this out about 10 minutes ago. I thought I would share that with you because it just made me laugh to myself. I don't know. I'm Here's a big the, fan of the apple fritter. Yeah, the 12-year-old version of me just laughed when I saw that it was National Sticky Buns Day. I'm sitting there going, well, it's Friday. Okay, I can live with that. Cy Sperling passed away also, uh, a name that is near and dear to my heart because when I used to see the commercials on TV all the time for the Hair Club for Men... I'd laugh because he was also a client, not just the owner and founder of it. And he's a ball guy, and he had the the thing, I don't know, the horseshoe thing around his head, and okay. and then he he you know because of being the president of the founder of Hair Club for Men, he suddenly had hair on the top of his head, and I would mock him and laugh at him, and then here I am, the worldwide leader in bald, having started losing my hair in my twenties. He was seventy eight years old. He passed away. Wednesday. I'm sure many people are aware of that. Is that karma being cruel to you? It's sad. It's just sad on my part. Yes, it, it's karma. It's got to be karma. It's got to be that. And, and girls like the bald guy thing. Chris Daughtry, uh, you know, they, they like the Mr. Clean look. I, I've read this crap over the past few months that it, supposedly you're intelligent when you're bald. That's what that means. It's symbolic of that. And you just look like a tough guy, which is also not the case with me. So... Believe what you want to believe. Certain things are true. Certain things are myth. That might be one of them. Research done by the Bald Guy Institute. Yeah, so here you go. Size Sperling, president of Hair Club for Men, with some new important free information for men with thinning hair. If you call now, I'll send you a free subscription to Personal Appearance, the new men's grooming newsletter. And remember, I'm not only the Hair Club president, but I'm also a client. I feel like wow, that is such a flashback. You know, it, he sold it for he started the company for like ten thousand dollars, and he sold it for millions a few years back. But I'm just thinking that was a missed marketing opportunity for me. I could have been the spokesman spokesman for that easily. I suppose if if you wanted to wear one of those things around, I'm Rain Man. I am the worldwide leader in bald. Um, I'm a client and now a spokesman because I don't have hair. Just put some artificial turf up there. Did you see the pole vaulter from Brigham Young University as I deflect from my bald head? I heard about it, but I, I read about it. I was like, if he racked his gonads, I don't want to watch. I watched it. Yeah. It's it's if you're a man, it's it's tough. It's, I just don't want to do that. It's tough to sit through. It's like the the poor little bullied kid in Australia. I don't want to watch that either. No, no. I don't want to watch that. I don't watch anybody get hit in the yeah. The cojones? This is, it's it's car crash. It's train wreck. It's can't look away. You don't want to look. You're like, oh, you're driving. You oh, got to look quick. You you have to see it. You're, you're going to end up looking now after the fact. I'll no, get, I won't. No, I'm not going to look. I'm going to look for 
cute little dogs doing funny things and, and kitty cats. I've exposed my bald head to the Twitch.tv Q Sports Talk audience. Fresh shave today. Okay, I'm, I'm accepting it. Because you know what? Losing your hair is not as bad as this. Zach McWhorter recently got impaled in the, you know what, during a practice session. There is video online. He's a pole, pole vaulter. Ooh. Ironically. Ironically. From Brigham, Brigham Young University, BYU. He ended up needing 18 stitches to close oh. the wound. 18 stitches to close the wound, Scoop. Scoop's, Scoop's going to need a minute. You, you oh. really legitimately have a pain on your face, like a pained look. I got a story I'll share with you after you finish this. So his doctors didn't, they don't think it's going to have lasting effects other than a fairly large scar. He joked about it on TikTok, though, which Ooh. is not a place I visit, but he apologized to his future children. That's, that is in honor of Charles Barkley's birthday yesterday. Terrible. I just, I, oh. I would never, would you ever pick up a pole and vault again? Would you ever return to being a pole vaulter? Of experiencing an injury like that, um, I would seriously consider not ever doing it again. But I mean, I guess he loves it. So I know a drummer in a band who, oh my lord, a live gig, right? They're going to be a live gig that night, and he he's at the bar, and they're getting ready to do their sound check, and he goes to sit down on the drum stool, but the Rody has forgotten to put the cushion on the drum stool. Oh, my goodness. So he's wearing Beavis and Butthead shorts. He sits down on that piece of metal, 18 stitches down there uh, in the worst possible place. Oh, my goodness. Tore it. I, yeah, I, I'm okay. That's enough. I'm not. I'm grossing myself out. Yeah, we're done. We're done. Sports Illustrated <laughs> Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. But much love if you're a track and field star. Ouch. The NFL owners have voted on the CBA parameters. It's shifted the pressure to the players union. It's so it's partially passed. It's basically where we stand with this right now. But I saw, uh, was it JJ Watt had tweeted? He's like, hard no for me on this as it stands. So I don't know what's going to happen as far as a labor dispute with the NFL, but they've got to figure something out. I mean, if somebody like JJ Watt stepping up like that, that vocal that quick, I'm curious to keep paying attention to what others are thinking, what changes they need to be made. You know, there's arguments that in in the last CBA agreement, the owners kind of gave up stuff that wasn't of value to them. I heard uh, Freddie talking about it last night a little bit, too, and he made a great point. And it's it's true. They're negotiating from a place of power. One of the things is benefits for players once they're vested after they retire, after their playing days, you want them to be taken care of. You remember when that was an issue. I mean, you had some of the old-time guys who were, I mean, they were broke. They didn't have a you-know-what to you-know-what in. They were broke physically and, and financially. There wasn't a pot to you-know-what in. Yeah, that's exactly the thing. Their bodies are broken, but they didn't have any financial means, really, to take care of themselves. The pensions weren't great, and there's a lot of guys that gave up. Not only you're learning now with CTE that's been a thing. I mean, it was a thing then, not just because you've only heard about it in the last handful of years, really, in the history of the game, but it's still been a problem the entire time. I mean, these guys are suffering from that. They don't know what the root cause of that is. They do now. Man, they should have been taken care of along this entire ride and journey in their post-playing career. I think there's a lot of inequities with NFL contracts, and I am hoping for a work stoppage. I, I want the players to get more. 
But I also want to see them have the collective spine to stand up and say, look, we got to make things better, and this deal isn't good enough. I don't care if I don't have football. I think it needs to be done because I think they're being taken advantage of and because I would just love to see the House of Cards fall and the XFL step in there and suddenly look a lot better. Yeah. I'd love it. Yeah. It's something's got to give. I mean, I, I don't know how it all ends up, but I do know this, Scoop. Drew Brees is returning for his 20th season. Have you looked at some of his numbers? Yeah, from time to time. I mean, uh, the, he's a Hall of Famer, you know. It, it's it's really remarkable. He has, was it three of the five highest uh, single season completions, completion percentage records, if you want to call it that, over the course of his career. Just all time, 67.6% first. Most accurate quarterback ever. You can literally make that statement. You know how you go with the, you know, you live in the moment and you go, oh my God, that's the best game I ever saw. That's the best performance I ever saw. Well, this guy literally is the most accurate passer in the history of the National Football League. Passing touchdowns, 547 in his career. You know where it ranks? That's number one or two. That's number one. Passing yards, 77,416. You know where that ranks? I think that's number one. Yeah, he's got himself a Super Bowl championship. It's crazy. He's the fifth quarterback in NFL history to play 20 seasons. Tom Brady's got 21, including the 2020 season. Earl Morrell, 21. Vinny Testaverde, Vinny Testaverde played 21. Brett Favre played 20. It's pretty remarkable, and he's coming back yet again. He's he's done well with Sean Payton ever since he went there in 2006 in New Orleans. What do you got? I'm looking up. A guy who I remember playing forever right now because I want to see how many seasons he played. But those of you from uh, the 70s era will remember George Blanda yeah, for the Oakland Raiders. I have, let's see, I'm looking at him here, and I see uh, a career that started in 1949 and ended in 1975. Now, he was playing, he was a kicker too, remember? Mm-hmm. And uh, that guy was ancient when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, wow. Yeah, remember him? There's some names out Oakland there. Oakland Raiders from 67 to 75 was with Houston before that. But that's the football that I love and remember and look back with a great deal of nostalgia. You know, that's black and white TV football right there. Did you see also, uh, we've got to wrap up, we got our first break staring us right in the face scoop here on the Sports Illustrated Show, but... The owners are also proposing two teams added to the playoff format. Yeah. And there's uh, you're paying them on a 16-game scale, and then you work in the playoff money. You add the 17th game in there. How do you work this out as far as the contracts that are currently signed? I mean, in essence, these guys have already negotiated. I'm playing for this amount. Suddenly you're adding some work. You're adding a game. Well, they're taking away, or they want to take away. This is the proposal. The take justification. Away, take away a preseason right, game. Right, right, right. And they're going to discuss the number of practices and pads. and But they add this 17th game. Uh, and I guess the way the playoff would work now is only one team would get a bye. Right. As opposed to two. So you get the extra team. I kind of like the extra team. I think the season's too long. They could do away with two preseason games, quite frankly, and they make season ticket holders buy those tickets, and they're they're essentially garbage games. There's too many of them. The, the majority of the players don't want this. 
They don't. They want 16 games, and they still want the elimination, I think, of I, I a think couple of other, preseason games. I think there's other things they want, too. They want, you know, uh, they don't have guaranteed contracts. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. Whereas, like, in the NBA, for example, or in Major League Baseball, if you sign it, it's yours. You keep that money. Even the NHL uh, has, for the most part, guaranteed contracts. The NFL is the one where they can just cut you, and that's it. I, I'm just not okay with a lot of things about the NFL. So many of these stadiums have been built with corporate welfare and taxpayer dollars uh, that's, in a lot of cases, been beer taxes and cigarette taxes and, in other cases, just huge amounts of money that people in a local tax base have to fork up to get these places built. I know it's a, a, a source of civic pride and all that, but... I don't know. I think uh, we've gone past the tipping point with this now. I think it's out of hand. And Well, here's the most important thing happening in the NFL. It's very simple. Jeff Darlington was on with Golik and Wingo earlier, and here's what it is. It's Tom Brady. What's going to happen? Where is he going to go? Tennessee, first of all. Think about that. Vrabel is the coach. Are you good with him for a season, or do you want to return with Ryan Tannehill? It does he go to Vegas with the Raiders? I mean, they're suggesting also San Francisco because he's North Carolina, uh, as a Northern California guy. And there's a few other teams that I've seen mentioned. Or does he just end up, and we just discussed this all offseason, or at least for a few more weeks till the Patriots have to make the determination about the roster bonus and, and everything like that and him getting some of his money. What do we do? I mean, do we keep discussing this and he just ends up back in New England? I think there's a very good chance he winds up back in New England, but I am intrigued by him as quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. I think with that offensive line and that running game, you know, he didn't have weapons this year. That was the one thing he talked about. That he wants more than anything. And they've kind of shifted the focus. You know, they kind of protect Tannehill by not throwing that much, but when they do... They go long, and they got a high percentage of completed long plays. Has he ever had a running back of that stature, of that caliber, in New England at any point in time? Has he? God, I would, you would think there's got to be somebody, but I'm not. I'm not thinking of a name. But certainly would be right at the top of the list, though, to have that man running behind you. I would think if I'm Tom Brady, I'm intrigued by that as a possibility as where I go in the next season. Well, as stated, Jeff Darlington on with Golik and Wingo. How likely is Brady to leave the Patriots? The one thing I would say that's funny to me is the reaction oftentimes when I talk about Tom Brady leaving New England. He's not leaving New England because people can't wrap their head around the idea of... It's time to wrap our heads around the idea of Tom Brady leaving New England because it is a very real, very real... Possibility. I've been here. saying that for a while. It's more likely than not that Tom Brady leaves the Patriots. So you can do with that what you want. You can have your own opinions. We're going to come back on the Sportsilla show. There's a pretty substantial uh, boxing match to talk about. Wilder Fury 2 and Syracuse Georgia Tech tomorrow. Big game at 4 o'clock. All next. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Create new memories while ice skating this season with Krause Health Skates in the City. Beautiful open-air rink at Clinton Square and an indoor rink at Sunnycrest. 
Open daily for daytime and nighttime fun. Only 3 bucks to skate and $3 for skate rentals. Daily special and details at skatesinthecity.com. Skates in the City. Fun memories downtown. It's a pretty big fight. ESPN and Fox had to come together on this. MGM Grand Hotel is where it's happening tomorrow night. The main event, Wilder Fury 2, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury might have outboxed him in the first match, but the issue is Deontay Wilder is arguably the best heavyweight puncher on the planet. I mean, kind of scaring guys. You're talking about somebody, I'm not saying on the level of Tyson, but I don't remember somebody getting attention for hitting that hard with that much purpose since Mike Tyson. Seventy nine ninety nine. if you want to watch the fight. That's a lot of money. You know, we used to do that back in the day sure. of Mike Tyson. That was a regular thing. A bunch of fellas would get together, and I'm sure people still do it with the various pay-per-view events, even wrestling. Um, but you'd all put a pool together. You'd, you'd throw in some money, and you'd all get together. You'd have a party, and you'd watch the Tyson fight. When was the last time? It, it, I'm not saying it, it, you don't. But it just seems you talked about boxing a lot more than you used to. MMA, UFC, even WWE is mainstream now and being covered on SportsCenter. It was boxing and that was it. Now it's there's there's other options now and it's just not not as popular as it used to be because obviously there aren't those marquee names. When it was Tyson, you know how it is. As a dude, Mike Tyson's fighting. Everybody wanted to see that fight. No, not so much. You just don't hear about it as much. But you're hearing about this fight quite a bit, which is exci- it's exciting for boxing. It's starting to come back a little bit. It needs this to be this needs to be a great fight. So yeah. people are talking about it. So they're talking about it on Good Morning America, right? And Mrs. Rain hears about it on Monday morning at seven a.m. type of a thing. You know exactly because the UFC has really surpassed boxing in popularity. I mean. Gosh, you've got UFC, local events, uh, mixed martial arts events uh, all over the place, local uh, venues hosting these sorts of things. And just boxing has been waning ever since the whole decline of Mike Tyson. They haven't had the personalities to step in there to catapult the sport back into mainstream consciousness again. I mean, but the crazy thing is Mike Tyson is still probably the most popular boxer on the planet. You hear about him in pop culture all the time. He is maintained and sustained for a lot of and a variety of different reasons. But his name is always in the discussion when you're talking about boxing. So much so that Dan Raphael was on and he was talking about how small he actually is compared to other fighters today. Heavyweight fighters like Deontay or Tyson that are fighting tomorrow night. The prime Mike Tyson... When he won the heavyweight championship, I think he was about 220. But Mike is probably not is barely, you know, six feet tall, six one at the most. It really didn't become until later on when you saw, I guess, Lennox Lewis, six foot six, you know, 240. Then, of course, Klitschko's, uh, you know, Vitaly and Vladimir were enormous, you know, six six, six seven in the 240s, 250s. But, you know, it sort of started to change, I guess, maybe into the mid 90s when you started to see the super big heavyweights. So Joe Tessitore is the voice of Monday Night Football, obviously a Syracuse alum. Everybody knows that name here. Why is this fight bigger than Tyson and Lennox Lewis? That's a bold statement to make, Scoop. What do you think? And then I'll share his answer. Well, it, it doesn't have the name Mike Tyson on the marquee, so there's just no way, okay? There's no way, because every fight that Mike Tyson had, 
was an event, even the bad ones, okay? This will be pretty good. Uh, Mike Tyson could cut down a tree. You know, if you were 6'6", doesn't matter. He was one of the most ferocious punchers ever. And I would really love to see him call a match like this. You know, if you want to increase the marquee value of what's going on, have uh, Mike Tyson get in there and do a little commentary because he is brilliant when he breaks down fights and and he's a historian with regards to boxing. It's fascinating to hear him talk when he gets into that zone and he starts to share that knowledge. And he comes out here to the Boxing Hall of Fame. He comes out here to Turning Stone for events. He promotes events. All right, why is it bigger than Tyson, Lennox, Lewis, Joe Tessitore? That was a huge promotion, and that was a spectacle. But that was the deep autumn of Mike Tyson's career. Right. It was just that you had two of the global superstars of all time fighting. But Lennox Lewis was in his absolute prime. You pretty much knew the outcome of that fight, and then he delivers on it and knocks out Mike Tyson. These two guys are in their absolute prime. They are the best versions of themselves they're ever going to be. A 42-0-1 with 41 knockout undefeated champion against the lineal heavyweight champion undefeated as well. In a rematch of a first fight, that was like a Rocky movie where you had one guy getting up for multiple knockdowns and continuing on to fight, and now both guys swear that they're just going to come after each other and make this thing Hagler Hearns when it starts on Saturday night. Sportsilla Show ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Scoop and Rain. Talking about Wilder Fury 2 tomorrow night, 9 o'clock, pay-per-view. Teddy Atlas has a prediction for you, though, Scoop. I see Wilder winning by knockout. I see Fury not being right mentally as much as, you know, he makes you think he's confident in the bravado, what I just finished saying. You know, he's going into the lion's den and all that stuff. I, I believe that in reality, that means, forget about the judges. It doesn't mean that he's worried about the judges. He's worried about himself, that he really has the best shot to go after him, catch him by surprise, catch him early. And, man, can he throw a punch. I hope it's that good of a fight. You know, uh, it. the last one was great. Hopefully this one is uh, the same sort of thing. We all win if that happens. You know, I mean, and you win if you get your seventy nine ninety nine down and uh, you got a good fight. Because back in the day when we had a lot of those watch parties for – those Tyson fights, you know, you'd get more fun watching the undercard because Tyson would win so many of those fights quickly, and they'd be over in a blink of an eye almost. Scope, we're going to shadow box uh, Q Sports Talk on the Twitch.tv channel. I'm not going to box you, but we'll shadow box when we get into our next break. we got a couple minutes before that, though, and there is a basketball game tomorrow, Syracuse, Georgia Tech. you got to keep an eye out on the return of Jose Al. Uh, Alvarado, he is coming back from injury. If you remember, Georgia Tech beat Louisville, but yet Louisville just demolished us. So we go into this Georgia Tech game tomorrow with kind of that as one of the overlying themes and then the rest of the frustration that we feel for numerous reasons about this team. But specifically, one of the things that jumped out, Jim Beheim's post-game frustration with the advanced stats they were talking about with Louisville on Wednesday. You know what he's talking about? I mean, do you have any feelings on, on that? Or you just you just trust Jim, what he sees with his eyes? Or is he kind of well, the, this, brushing back? And Okay, number one, this is the new analytics that we is. see in all sports. Uh, and, and there's probably something to be gleaned from that. I also think, to some extent, 
you got a dad who's sticking up for his son a little bit. Yeah, he doesn't want his thing. son to be beat up publicly or in the press. That might be a part of it. But Jim believes what he believes as well, thirdly. If you're not familiar, basically, based on analytics, they're suggesting Buddy is in the lower 25th percentile as far as uh, defensive acumen it's, or it ability. Or, how many uh, possessions yeah. have been against him and how many times he's given up points in those possessions. And and it's, the numbers aren't great. It's a whole quadratic formula thing, you know, okay, which I am going to tell you right now makes the right and left hemispheres of my brain split apart, okay? But I think, thirdly, what about the eyeball test? I think Jim, you know... Jim has done pretty well throughout his entire lifetime of coaching without these analytics. So his eyeball test has been pretty good so far. So I think we have to respect that to some degree. And, you know, look, dad, no dad wants to see their any member of their family get beat up in the press or picked on. I think uh, when I look at some of the numbers, when you do break down analytics that pop out at you, 7.2 fouls per game per 40 minutes for Barama Sidibe. I didn't even need that number to go. Yeah, he's he's got a he's got to work on not committing so many fouls. He's always in foul trouble. It's it's just a matter of how quickly it happens. You know that's going to be an issue every game and we need him in the middle. Period. So it's going to be an issue tomorrow whether you like it or not. Base facts, we already know it's inevitable at this point. I'm not saying they're going to pull him aside and work on that leading into next season, but I have a very good feeling that they're going to pull him aside and they're going to try to work on that, studying some film, working on technique, because that has to improve. Because we're not going to be in the NCAA tournament. I mean, it's pretty much a given now. Everybody's a little bummed about that. We're all in. We're going to watch the game and support the team. There's no doubt, but we know where we stand now. Wouldn't you love it, though, if we won the ACC tournament? Yes, I would. <laughs> I still have that glimmer of hope where I'm believing I, look, that might be a thing. I, I know that's a long shot. I'm not but. Brent X, who covers the team and has for a long time, who's on after us. I'm not the voice of the Orange, Matt Park. I'm not an expert, just my fan perspective. That's what I try to give you here on the SportsZilla Show, if and I know a, you do the same. If you're a fan, the dream lives, man. I mean, the dream still lives. Yeah. Now, you would like to feed the dream. The nice wind tomorrow, right? So let's hope. Yeah. Did you know uh, the Yellow Jackets are scoring nine point six points per game more than during the six game stretch that the man that I brought up to you, the point guard for Georgia Tech, Jose Alvarado, has scored, or when he's in the lineup? Is that does that mean they're better? R- run that by me again. Okay. So Georgia Tech desperately needed Alvarado when he missed six straight games with an ankle injury earlier this season. Okay. Now with Alvarado back in the starting lineup, the Yellow Jackets are scoring nine point six points per game more than during the six game stretch where he was injured. Uh, okay. What I'm saying is they're better with him in the lineup. I think yeah. I, I might have misspoke. They're significantly better with him in the lineup. Does that bode well for the Qs coming off of that? Terrible loss to Louisville. Of course not. Oh, boy. But the shots could start going down. Somebody gets hot. Maybe Elijah Hughes gets more than 10. I want this team to be motivated tomorrow to close this season out. Well, you know what? And, yeah, and keep the pipe dream alive. They win the ACC tournament. I just I want to believe that. Am I realistic? Not necessarily. But I want to believe that. The loss the other night was just such a shellacking, and it just didn't seem like the Orange were in the game. 
much at all. So, yeah, you want to see a motivated team be mad and get out there and give us all a good performance tomorrow. We're way past our time. Got to take a quick break. couple things to point out to everybody here on a Friday NBA-related. That's next. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. I got you, Scoop. I got you. And I got something for you that I didn't tell you about. I just want to share this with you because we had talked about the anniversary of the 1980 gold medal game. But even prior to that, beating the Russians before beating Finland. Why does Al Michaels' call still resonate? Let me share with you the words of Al Michael. And I promise we'll talk NBA in just a second, but this first. At that point, Trey, when you go back 40 years, you might as well go back 540 years. No internet, cable television in its infancy, no national newspaper. USA Today had not yet hit the newsstands. No social media. Uh, I like the way you put it, though, undefeatable, because it, it seems as if the, the Soviets wore that uh, way. They would win games by scores of like, you know, four to one or whatever, but it looked it always looked like it was 20 to nothing. Right. They dominated teams. And when I uttered those words, uh, I was just doing it as part of the, the play-by-play, putting a coda on it at the end, and I was lucky in that the puck came out the center ice with a few seconds to go, so there was no chance for the Soviets to mount a last rush, and what I said really came out of my heart. Awesome. You just, if you were... Somebody that witnessed that, you'll never forget it. It's one of those moments wherever you are, what you were doing. I was telling you, it was my great-grandmother and my grandfather in the living room watching that game as a little rain boy, and you you had stated that was the greatest sporting thing that you have ever seen. So I just thought you'd appreciate those words. Just listening to that, I, I got goosebumps. Yeah. And I remember learning we'd won, and then the, the, the game's on later. You know, we didn't get it right away. You know, my God, we didn't have live sporting events. I mean, back then, the Indianapolis 500 would be on tape delay, you know. And And the finals used to be on tape delay. It was the same thing, this amazing game. But I don't think anybody in their right mind thought we had a chance to win it, especially since the shellacking that the, the Russians had given the U.S. team at Madison Square Garden. Uh, and then for them to do it. And then the thing that people forget is that that huge win over the Soviets wasn't the gold medal game. They said they had to go win another game. It's it's just remarkable if you really think about it. You forget about that. I mean, what an immortal, iconic, all-time great moment. Uh, that's going to happen for Dwayne Wade. They're retiring his number three this weekend for the Miami Heat. I think that's fantastic. Uh, we discussed the other day the set that he has on him, first of all, stepping out there with a very polarizing issue for many people. I mean, it's cut and dried for me. It, it's your kid. His, his son is transgender. You well, love you your know, kid re- regardless. I We we all are seeing the, the nastiness directed at the Syracuse Crunch because of their their pride night. Which you know? uh, we fully endorse and support we, the Syracuse Crunch for doing that and being inclusive tomorrow. I mean, how can you not? It's all you got to spread the love and positivity out there and not the hate. we got to do away with that. There's too much of it. So I'm happy for Dwayne Wade. I think it's fantastic on so many levels. Uh, just seeing his evolution from a young player to where he is now. Now standing up post-playing career. And he's he's got a big mark to leave on the world. 
a far beyond basketball. He's going to use that as a platform to just do good things out in the world. And I guess which is, is what Kobe was uh, just starting to do. I so, know. What a path he you know, he was on, and he's just seemed he got it. He got what was important and the, what I need to do to rectify mistakes I might have made in my life. That's what you want to see people do. Uh, let's see if maybe redemption is, is a thing for J.R. Smith as well. There's a case to be made for J.R. Smith signing with the Lakers also. It's been given an endorsement. I believe it was on Instagram. LBJ LeBron James said, I'm all right with it. He forgave him for that screw up back in 2018. Do you remember that? Yeah, in the finals with the Golden State Warriors, and you were just like, "Oh yeah, what did you just do, my man?" I, I didn't see the Instagram post that supposedly started all this speculation, but when they put the case together, and actually looks like it could work, is he the absolute you know best piece that the Lakers would want to add? But that's the thing: you, you accept your role, know your role. You're just the bench piece. Experience, you have it, especially in the playoffs. You got plenty of it. You know what? He's a streaky shooter. You put him in, he's hitting shots, you let him play. If he's ice cold, you put him back on the bench, they have other options. It's not like they're not, for the most part, crushing teams without him. They don't need him. That's a little bit of a luxury because there's still something in the tank. They probably, the Lakers, need a point guard more than a, a wing guy. Sure. Okay. But... He could play defense. He could kill some minutes for them. That he's is, athletic. He's not the best defender in the world, but he's uh, somebody said he's not a turnstile either. Sometimes it's just simply effort. Good defense is just simply effort. Go and, ahead. And we all tend to forget, you know, he made uh, some nice defensive plays when it really counted for the Cavaliers, including on that legendary block that LeBron James made against the Golden State Warriors when the Cavs were able to win the championship. I mean, he was instrumental. We all remember the gaffe, but it, it appears that LeBron is over that. And the Lakers kind of want to, you know, they want to load up what they can. I don't know that there's a better option out there available for them in terms of a, an addition, you know, to their team. He might work. You know, the, the question is, it's been a long time since he's played a professional basketball game, yes. like a year. Mm -hmm. So does he have something left in the tank? Can he shoot like he did when he was shooting well? Uh, those are questions. So I imagine they might give him a workout and mull it over, and he's probably texting LeBron, asking if he can come over and discuss it for Taco Tuesday. <laughs> can I come over for Taco Tuesday and Maybe put up a few shots and you can see I still got, hey, if you've kept yourself in shape like Carmelo did when he had about a year hiatus, and I think they're pretty similar in age. He's up in his 30s now, right? He's in his early 30s. I believe so, yeah. There's still some game left. So LeBron James is getting sued over the more than an athlete slogan, which I think is nonsense. So I don't even really want to get into that, but I just wanted to make everybody aware of that. I don't know how you feel about that. It's all over social media. Maybe we'll let that sit. Find out a little bit more, because more will come out about this, and then we'll discuss in detail. But what's this? the lawsuits? Why is everybody so litigious? I don't get well, it. Well, I think it's of note, too, because, you know, LeBron's organization have filed a few of their own lawsuits. Okay, fair enough. So uh, people like to throw the stones back when maybe some stones have been thrown previously. So... You know, we'll we'll see uh, how that all 
works out, and certainly he's got more money than God. He could pay somebody off and make a settlement payment if if that's where his lawyers deem maybe it should go. Next on the Sportzilla Show, XFL, Tim Tebow, Dungy will fly the flag. NHL has a deadline on Monday. NYY is the Yankees and MLB. A few things we'll discuss. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Tomorrow, before the SU-Georgia Tech game and before SU basketball games all season long, a handful of them left, the Burdick Ford and Burdick Toyota basketball pregame show with Seth Goldberg and Danny Shays right here. Tune in. Don't miss it. But Jason Fitz on. You remember that if you listen to the Sportzilla show. Well, he had mentioned that Cardell Jones, really only a couple of good quarterbacks in the XFL. So we're all sitting here in the queues going, where's Eric Dungy? He's back with Dallas. Let's see this man start. Can't hurt. I think he's going to deliver if he gets into the lineup. I got a lot of faith in Eric Dungy. I just I don't understand why why this has been a thing. Why hasn't he played in the first two weeks of the season? I just don't understand. Well, I, I hope he gets in there. I would love to see him play. It gives me a reason to watch. You know, last weekend I didn't watch that much because they had the hockey day in America thing, and I'm a hockey guy. I I got roped into that, and what there I was Bruins Rangers. I think I watched and. The there, De- was a, there was the my Red Wings got crushed by the Penguins, but I totally got sucked into that. Dallas Renegades at Seattle, five o'clock. That is tomorrow. That's Eric Dungy's team, quite obviously. But I mean, speaking of that, Tim Tebow has he had any communication with the XFL? Yeah, there was some communication. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you not interested at all, or did you hear them out, or how did that go? We had a couple conversations, but it, it was pretty clear that this was... I, I love what they're doing. I think it has a chance to have success, and I think that's great. And so I think there's a, there needs to be a place for a lot of players that are really good and should and could be playing in the NFL and are better than a lot of NFL players, so, and there's a chance they're going to be seen. So I think it's awesome, and I think it's good for a lot of guys that are going to get a spot in the NFL roster because they're going to show a team that they're worth it. But for me, this is what I wanted to do. Always had that weird, awkward throwing motion, and it was the arm that was in question with him. Now it's the arm in question with Luis Severino and the Yankees. Another concern, they're dealing with James Paxton. All I did was read about that last night, and I'm just getting more and more and more and more worried, Scoop. My fingers are crossed. I know if you're not a Yankees fan, you're like, whatever. If you're a Yankees fan, you're feeling it with me. All you got to do is read the New York papers to see the level of panic that this thing is already going back to. And it's spring training, you know. The, The injury bug was awful for the Yankees last year, but they really rose above it and and really overcame it, I think. In the end, you got to say they did a pretty good job dealing with that. I don't know if you follow the Tampa Bay Lightning because of the crunch or if you're a Rangers fan like me, maybe you're an Islanders fan, if you're an NHL fan in general. Monday's the trade deadline. Talking to you Sabres fans, too, Monday is the trade deadline. You're going to see a lot of movement over the weekend. I'm kind of excited about it. What I love with, trade deadlines. What happens with Bogosian? There's a lot of questions to be answered. Uh, Kreider. I mean, what's the deal with Kreider? I wonder what's going to happen. This is exciting if you're an NHL fan. You're on the block next with Brent Axe. Have a great weekend. The Sportsilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1.
The Upstate Lacrosse Show with four-time lacrosse All-American Rick Beardsley and News Channel 9 Steve Infante. Brought to you by Mooney Marketing Group, Empower Federal Credit Union, Kenny and Kenny Law Firm, Highfield Associates, Tully's, Fallon Oral Surgery, Burger King, Britain Athletics, and Saltine Warrior Sports Pub. Every Saturday from 9 to 10. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 AM and 1440 AM. It's showtime at Burdick Lincoln in Driver's Village. It's the only new car show in central New York where you can see, try, and buy new Lincoln 2020 models direct from Burdick Lincoln. Now, here's a real showstopper. The all-new 2020 Lincoln Corsair 5-passenger SUV. This expressive all-wheel drive luxury SUV is designed to feel like a personal sanctuary. Express yourself through a variety of personal settings to make every moment your own. At Burdick Lincoln, you can lease the all-new 2020 Lincoln Corsair for much less than you'd think. Find favorable APRs and buy incentives, too. Shop for yours now at BurdickLincoln.com. That's BurdickLincoln.com. Or better yet, head to Burdick Lincoln in Driver's Village to see, try, and buy or lease your new 2020 Lincoln Corsair luxury SUV from Central New York's only authorized Lincoln black label retailer. Burdick Lincoln in Driver's Village, Cicero. Shop BurdickLincoln.com. Ever think about driving around the Northeast in your assigned late model truck while being home every weekend? Wrist Transport, a Northeast regional operation, gives you the pride of driving your own assigned truck. Travel the Northeast during the week and be home every weekend. Yes, every weekend.